mad thing, mad thing. I'm in a field like Anglo-Saxon. Yes. Joke, man, don't ask my ranking. Nope. Still cool with the kiddies, no ramping. Killy. Cool kid, guys say I look handsome. <laughs> handsome, <laughs> handsome. <laughs> man, I lying on us about tantrums. Yo. Make a boy lay down, no planking. Mm. Make a boy lay down on my celly. Leave you on the deck like Mike Pantelli. TJ on the block, Spinelli. Jen out the pot, yeah, make a spaghetti. Little man on the wing, Martinelli. He was in the field trying to pop his cherry. Rock that steady, sound of the box on your marks, get ready. Southeast steps southwest, and now we like steps southeast. With Phineas, not Belgique, but with a mop discreet. Free TG, free T, stuck in a box, got a job complete. What's happening, people? Welcome to the first episode of N5 Vibes. I'm so happy and I'm so excited to finally be bringing this out to you all. I've had this in the pipeline for a while, obviously. If you're a listener of the more regular co-pod, that's still going to be going on. I'm still going to be using that as a more general pod to talk about all the other football around the world in the Premier League, push, um, well, review my Abelads, how they're getting on. But this pod, M5 Vibes, is going to be all things Arsenal. Now, I've done uh, special Arsenal editions of the co-pod, but I thought, why not make a special dedicated podcast for my team, for my boys? So, yeah. This um this series is gonna be well it'll be semi lighthearted and semi serious because uh, I do like to look at the game and analyze the game seriously, but I also like to have a little bit of fun with it. So yeah, one thing I also wanna do with this is push out the um, push out my content a bit more. Obviously, I've said a few times that I'm getting more into multimedia content in twenty twenty one, so yeah. This is uh, one of the ways I'm doing that. Later on in the year, I'm going to look towards uh, doing a YouTube channel as well. Well, I've already got it set up, but in terms of getting all the facilities for that, you get me? So, yeah, not too much to say about that. Uh, before we begin, as always, follow me on socials at Johan Yo on Twitter and Instagram. I really need to get better at promoting myself more. That's something I need to get patterned up. So I'm going to be serious and consistent with that. And yeah, if you like it, share, like, retweet, all of that, all of that. And yeah, man, we're just going to get straight into everything. So quickly, just before we get into the main body of this pod, um, I'm going to explain how the format of these will work. So obviously we're going to look at, um, well, normally we're going to look at the games that we've had in the, in the past week. So... In this case, I would be looking at Brighton, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not really going to spend uh, a lot of time on that. So, yeah, we'll do that. We're going to look at all the other stuff I have on my agenda. We're going to do the preview for the following game. And then there's also going to be a little five to ten minute at segment at the end of each pod, which will be a story time, a story time of my past experiences with the Arsenal, whether it be going to games, watching games, memories of games, memories of players and all of that. So that's going to be an addition for every pod, regardless of whether I'm doing it on my own or when I eventually start getting guests on. So yeah, just a little disclaimer there. Let's get right into the proper action. All right, so... Let's get right to the point and start taking the meat out. Obviously, we're in a new year. We're in 2021 now. And I thought I'd start off by listing some of my New Year's resolutions for the Arsenal. Now, I've come up with five that I think would be good for us to follow. I can't lie. I don't have mad expectations of this team in 2021, to be honest. But, um, yeah, hopefully these are issues which can be resolved. These aren't just to do with the first team these are to do with issues around the club in general so the first one i have obviously relating more to the situation we currently find ourselves in with uh, the way our squad um or the makeup of our squad and that is to get a creative man and ideally too now we know the issues that we've had all season we're like we're like in the bottom five for chances created um goals scored and all of that and it's just uh very un-arsenal like I suppose we were spoiled from the Wenger days and all of that. So, yeah, it's not good. And we know that we need a creative player, someone that can play not just in the 10 role, but sort of the eight and a half role, like eight slash a 10. We need someone in that role. And we've been linked to multiple guys over the past few weeks. The likes of Awa, Buendia, Julian Brandt has come up a bit more recently. I personally would like someone like Michael Elise from Reading. 
who's a bit on the younger side, but still one for the future as well. I think we need to start stockpiling creative man again. So I would say definitely need to get one, ideally two, because we've seen the issues that we've had. Obviously, we've chosen to um, marginalise Meza Ozil. We we got rid of other guys. We thought William would be the answer, but we haven't really tested him in that role. And just generally, he's been two packs of ass, really and truly. Pepe hasn't really set the world alight. We're relying on the likes of Smith Rowe, Martinelli, Saka now. Yeah, it's not looking good. We need someone more experienced in that position to take the mantle. Someone with bona fide quality, someone who's a bona fide starter, genuine top four level minimum, in my opinion. So I think that's one thing we need to do. The second resolution, and this kind of relates a bit more to Arteta, and that is getting a proper system in place which allows our players to thrive because um, granted I do have sympathy for him in the sense that we have had our fair share of injury problems but at the same time it just feels like he's been overcomplicating things a little bit too much making things harder than they need to be obviously we've seen uh, we saw like a couple of weeks ago we we're trying to do the whole crossing thing but it wasn't really working and it looked like he was doing that out of desperation more than anything, like the stuff he's coming out in the media is pure maths. Like, just shut up, bruv. Like, what are you talking about? But anyway, yeah, yeah, proper system in place which allows our players to thrive. And ideally, I want to see us continuing with um, a more of a zonal pressing style as, a, as opposed to the man-to-man marking or pressing. Because let's be honest, our team lacks athleticism, it lacks dynamism. They're not brave on the ball, any of them, really and truly, aside from maybe Aparte, Smithrow with the qualities that he has. Joe Willett likes to carry the ball, but aside from that, there's no one really... Um, uh, Xhaka as well, but... Yeah, man, it's a very, very... Considering how big the score is, it's such a poor squad as well. It's a very, very poor squad, and, and I think we need to play more to our strength. So that's something that I want to see Arteta deal with because I can't lie, my thoughts on Arteta are... I have sympathy for him because um, a lot of things have gone wrong that really are under his control. He hasn't been back properly. But the few things that have been in his internal locus of control, I don't think he's managed them well. Obviously, you've seen the results we've been getting out on the pitch. They're not good enough for this club. And we shouldn't be lowering our expectations. He just keeps going down the ladder every single year to the point where now we're accepting that we're a mid-table team. We're not a fucking mid-table team, bro. Like We shouldn't be fighting just to finish a mid-table these days. Nah, that's not how it works for us in football club. We need to start raising our expectations and standards again. So, yeah, man, that needs to change. I think uh, resolution three. And this is um, more relating to the Haylanders. I'm going to start calling them that. So I want to see, this is more a club thing. I want to see proper pathways being developed and strategies to integrate them better because... Obviously, we've seen loads of them thrown on mass. You remember Emery's second season? Well, yeah. Well, last season, when Emery just threw them all in on mass, the likes of Joe Willock, Reese Nelson was thrown into the first team squad, Bukayo Saka. Um, Eddie went out on loan initially. Did he? Nah, Eddie was there in, in it. Yeah, Eddie was there. Eddie was there. No, no, he wasn't. He went on loan. He went on loan to Leeds. I'm, I'm not bugging. Eddie did go on loan to Leeds. So, um, so Nelson, Willock, Saka. Uh, Smith Rowe stayed in the squad for the first half of the season, I believe. Obviously, Maitland Niles will count him. Uh, I feel like I'm missing someone. Oh, well, there's, well, there's Martin Eddie as well, but he doesn't technically counts Halen. So, yeah, I just want to see us um, develop proper pathways and our proper strategies as for how we're going to develop our young players because it looks like... Can I seriously say that Nelson has developed any more from where he was, let's say, when Emery first put him in the, into the first-team squad? No. He hasn't really developed since his loan, since his loan on in Germany with Hoffenheim. Same can be said for Willock, hasn't really um, developed too much and we we don't really know what his set specific role is as a midfielder. 
Bakayo Saka has, but I think that was just I think that's just a natural development. I think he's just so wavy and so above the other guys technically and has such a higher ceiling and trajectory that was always likely to happen in hindsight. And who else am I missing? Emma Smith Rowe, to be fair, that um injuries haven't helped him. Like Huddersfield was the first solid run of games he's had in his career. He didn't really get too many at Leipzig when he was alone there, but yeah, man. I see other guys that we have in the in the in the youth team like Balogun, who I personally think will leave. Miguel Aziz is someone I'm looking at. Catalan Sirian, who's been training more with the first team. Who else am I looking at? William Saliba, who we've mismanaged horrendously. I even look at some of the young fullbacks we have, like Joel Lopez, um, Alibiosu, Brooke Norton Cuffey. I look at those guys and I'm like, okay, how are you gonna properly develop them? Are you gonna are you gonna sit down with them one to one? Are you gonna get the individual coaches to work on their game? Are you gonna get the defensive coaches to work on their game? How are you gonna do all of that? Are we just gonna do free starting again? Just throw them into the first team and hope that they develop at uh, in a in a natural way. Like, I don't think that's the best way. Sometimes sometimes it works because the player has a strong mentality and they have that drive and willingness to improve. So they they take it upon themselves to do that. But more time you need to work with them properly and granted it's not easy to do though when you find yourself in a situation that Arsenal are constantly struggling on the pitch. So doom and gloom, sun ain't shining, everyone's um you have to focus more on getting results in the here and now. So I, I suppose you can end up neglecting the future. But the reality is the senior guys are performing. So you have to really be looking to trust the Haylanders a lot more in the situation we are with the way we've mismanaged money as well in the market. So, yeah, there's that. Number four is consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency with performances, with the way we... um conduct ourselves on and off the pitch it's just i hear from all the stories i hear around the club i hear that some people are on this thing on this improving improving the culture and mindset but it needs to be consistent throughout the club you need to have a consistent culture throughout the club which allows it to thrive and we're not going to get anywhere if we don't take steps to improving that so that's something that we really need to look at throughout the course of this year and uh, finally for me, this is in terms of our league finish for the season. Now we're on the back, we're on the back foot. We've given ourselves a lot to do, and I think the absolute bare minimum for us should be to finish in the Europa League spot, whether that be through league position, getting top six, seven with whatever is required to get into the Europa League, or winning either the Europa League, which gives us a Champions League spot, or worst comes to worst, we need to go out and win the FA Cup again. So yeah. We need to be in Europe next season. We can't afford to have a season without Europe because we're going to miss out on so much money. I know that bare guys are leaving in the summer. The likes of Mustafi, Ozil, Socrates, David Luiz, and all of them guys. Who else as well? Someone else. Who like there's someone else? Obviously, Sabayas' loan will be done. Kolasinac will probably get rid of in the summer too once his loan at Schalke ends. So, yeah, man. Yeah, those are my New Year's resolutions. And uh, I just mentioned Kolasinac to Schalke. Now he's gone there on loan for the rest of the season. I believe it's a loan with an option to buy if Schalke go, well, if Schalke stay in the Bundesliga, which admittedly doesn't look too likely because right now, at the time of recording, they are currently bottom with no wins in their last 28 Bundesliga games, a run which stretches well into last season. In fact, they haven't won a league game since the 17th of January last year. That's how long it's been. So it's very unlikely that Schalke will stay in the league unless same. Even a minor miracle, a major miracle happens. They need God on their side. They need uh, they need God, Allah, Buddha, all of them, man. They need everyone on their side if they're going to get out of wherever the, wherever the fuck they're in. So, yeah. Um, reports from Sky Germany said that um, we're receiving a three, 3 million euro loan fee, which is decent enough. And apparently he's waiving some of his wages. Well, there's conflicting reports on that. UK sources say he's waiving his wages. The German sources say that he's um, 
that around 60% of the wages will be covered by Arsenal and the remaining 40% by Schalke, which is, I suppose, a fair enough split. Now, he's on 100k a week, so that means we'll be covering 60k of it. I suppose you got to do what you got to do. We know that uh, Kolasinac wanted to go back to Germany for family reasons. Our move to Bayer Leverkusen could have happened in the summer, but we never came to an agreement with them because, um, well, they weren't able to agree personal terms, terms, but also they weren't able to shift the Vendel themselves. So that never happened. Now, um, Schalke wanted him back for a long time, and I think it's a good move for him. He'll be he'll be going back there, a place he calls home. He came through the academy. I don't know if the if the rumours about him picking up the captaincy are true. I think they might be because if I look who the captain of Schalke is right now, um, I believe it's uh, Salif Sane or someone like that because I've been watching Schalke due to my reports on Ravi Matondo. I bring a bit abroad. Ravi Matondo, check it out, check it out. But yeah, um, as for that. It's one of them ones where we have to hope that Kolasinac plays so well that he either helps Schalke um, stay up in the Bundesliga or he plays so well that other teams, maybe in Germany, want to take him off our hands. And yeah, either way, he'll be gone in the summer. Other guys that could be leaving in the window, we've got um, Socrates, who's been mooted for a move to Fenerbahce. I don't know if that's true or not. A lot of the sources are Turkish, so I don't know if they're telling the truth on that. But uh, I expect him to leave in this window. Shkodran Mustafi, I hope that guy goes. I fucking hate him so much. He's such a prick. I really hope he, f- he Fs off in this window. He wants to leave. Where he'll go? Well, he's been linked to Barcelona, among others. I know that he wants to go back to Syria. Obviously, he spent time at Sampdoria in his younger days after leaving Everton. He's also been linked with the move to the Bundesliga. Now, he's never played in the Bundesliga before, so maybe going to his home country, finally getting to experience top flight football there would be good for him. So, yeah, don't know. Another centre-back that could be leaving this time alone is uh, the aforementioned William Saliba. Hasn't featured for us all season. We signed him for £30 from Saint-Étienne 18 months ago. He's been playing in the under-23s and the Papa John's Trophy. From what I've seen of him, now, I think Arsenal fans have this, um, have this, what do I want to call it? The substitute saviour complex. They really have a fetish for the guy that isn't playing. And granted, myself included, I've been really annoyed as to why as as for why Saliba hasn't been playing because um my view on it is that we spent 30 million on our asset, we need to protect him, we need to develop it if we want him to be the centre back that uh, he can be for us. We've heard people say he's the Mbappe of centre backs, the next Varan, we've seen his teammate, well his former teammate Wesley Fana Saint-Étienne go to Leicester and do bits so when you see Wesley Fofana doing bits you're like okay so why can't Saliba play even if it's little Europa League and them and them things the Carabao Cup and that but I can't lie when I've watched him for the under 23s I'm not gonna to say he's not ready isn't the right word because that's not true I certainly think that um I think that should have he should have featured in the Europa League at least. I think you look at the minute, you look at the way we handled it as if um, we put Mary in the squad, we put Chambers in the squad, we put Mustafi in the squad. What did they all have in common at the time when they were registered? They were all fucking injured. So we basically deprived Saliba of minutes for no reason, really and truly. Because when you look at the standard of teams that we faced in the Europa League, Dundalk, Mulder, Rapid Vienna, with all due respect, at best, at absolute best, let's be serious, they are championship sides, at absolute best, mid-table championship sides. So I feel like Saliba would have learned a lot more playing in the Europa League than just sitting on his ass, scratching his ass on the sofa and playing some under-23s games against against the 18-year-olds. Also, what's the point, man? I don't like um, I don't like the Premier League too, really and truly, because I don't think you really get tested at that level. I think um, I advocate I advocate the English system moving towards more like um, 
more like foreign countries. Like you see in France, they put all their uh, all the academy teams in the regional league. Similar thing happens in Germany, where you have like a Bayern second team in the Dritte Liga, which is which would be the English equivalent of League One. Um, well, League One slash League Two, I suppose, because it is is regionalized in a sense. Have the same thing happening in Spain, I think, too, where they just have them in the regional leagues. Italy, I think, the same as well. So, yeah, it's literally only England that makes the kids just play against each other. I don't see the point of it. I feel like with the way the league system is, they could certainly just... I think I think they could easily incorporate them into the, into the league system. I don't know why they choose not to do it. But um, the English think they're special, eh? So, yeah, as for Saliba... He's probably going to go out on loan in Jan. Now, he's been mooted with moves back to Santichin on loan. I don't know why we were moving bare mad with them in the summer with regards to the Coupe de la Ligue final. And, uh, yeah, and also taking so long to send him out there on loan in the summer. I don't know what we were doing. Don't know what they had on their minds. But, yeah, we fucked it. We really, really fucked it for him and I feel bad for him especially with everything he's had to go through in 2020 so hopefully 2021 will be better for our young centre back and uh, like I said he's been moved with a loan move to Saint-Étienne there's also allegedly well he allegedly wants to go on loan in England so I suppose we're probably looking at teams in the if not the Premier League the lower half of the Premier League well I say lower half like we're not already fucking in there but Teams lower than us, basically. But also teams in the championship. And now, personally, I wouldn't... I don't really want him to go to the championship. But if worse comes to worse, I wouldn't mind him going to like a Watford or Norwich or a Bournemouth. One of the teams higher up in the league. Or even a Swansea. Where he can just focus on his football. He's not too far away from London. So we can monitor him. We can check him check up on it if we need to and yeah he can just acclimatise more to England a bit more obviously the championship is a very physical league you have different types of strikers you've got guys like the Glenn Murrays the Ivan Tonys the Adam Armstrongs and all of them guys so he'll, he'll learn he'd learn a lot in the championship that, that is um, uh, let's be fair to the championship it is a good league there are a lot of quality teams and quality players in the championship and I do advocate for sending your young players out on loan in England before anything else, as opposed to European loans. So, yeah, other other situations that we need to resolve, obviously, Meza Ozil, will he go, will he stay? Obviously, he doesn't want to be paid off. I think, again, if worse comes to worse and we can't get another creative man, then maybe we should look towards reintegrating Meza Ozil into the team. Because I think, certainly in terms of his technical qualities, he can definitely, like, are you seriously trying to tell me that Emil Smith-Rowe is a better 10 than Meza Ozil? Let's, let's, let's not take the fucking piss here. So, yeah, I think if West comes to West, Meza Ozil should be reintegrated. But with the politics going around the club, with the way Arteta has been talking about it, I think it's a bit gazy for my man. So, I very much doubt that would happen, but... In an ideal world, that's what I'd like to see. We've heard today that Rob Holding is in line for a new contract, courtesy of The Telegraph, where they say that... uh, Hold on, let me just get the article again for you people. So I saw this on The Telegraph. Well, actually, we've gone to Daily Mail. So it says, The Daily Mail say that Rob Holding is close to signing a new long-term contract. Ending speculation of him leaving on loan this month. And um, what does it say? So they say, The Telegraph claimed that Holding will stay at the Emirates and, and avoid the expected mass culling. He's made 17 appearances across all competitions so far this season and he's emerged as a key member of Mikel Arteta's squad. His current contract still has two years left to run, but as reported, an extension appears to be edging closer. Newcastle were among the sides that registered an interest in holding in the summer, although a potential deal failed to materialise for the former Barry Loney. And that's testament to him. Listen, I, I don't think holding is the best defender in the world, but... 
you have to give credit to him. He, it looked like he, it was going to get a bit gazy for him after Emre left. Obviously, he was starting loads of games under Emre, and he got that serious injury away at Manchester United. He came back. Well, he came back last season. wasn't really getting too much game time, and it certainly seemed like Arteta was preferring um, the likes of Mustafi, Luis, Socrates to Holding last season and that and that's even uh missing out marie and chambers who have been injured in their own regards so yeah as for holding i suppose he deserves it listen listen he has a strong mentality i like him as a person i think he's a i think he's an honest professional he's an humble lad he tries to do his best i think i feel like he could keep it a bit more simple in terms of the way he plays and i think he he needs to stop gassing himself but Listen, we need homegrown players. We obviously need to fulfil that homegrown quota. And he's not the best defender in the world, but I don't mind it personally. I don't really mind it really and truly. And so, yeah, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, Callum Chambers before we get into the West Brom Arsenal preview. So Callum Chambers, apparently... I can't remember where I saw the report, but there was a report that um, he could be going out on loan in this window. Now, I'm not too sure about that because if we get rid of Chambers and we send him out on loan or sell him permanently, we will need to replace him as he is a homegrown player, like holding. So if they're doing that, they surely surely they must have uh, another, another player in mind or surely the creative man that we're getting has to be a homegrown player then. So does that mean we're looking at... English options, Premier League options. Are we looking at that sort of thing? We've heard, we've heard all the names mentioned. Awa, Brent, Buendia, none of them are homegrown. Michael Elise is um, homegrown, but he doesn't actually have to be registered in the Premier League squad. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what materialises of that. I suppose it'll be very much dependent on who leaves. And I imagine if the likes of Mustafi, Saliba and uh, Socrates all leave, then I very much doubt that Chambers will, will leave because then we'll be down to holding Gabriel, Louise and Mary will only have the four centre-backs and I think ideally you want, ideally you want four or five. So, yeah. Yeah, that's all from this section. I'm going to get my notes up and I'll be right back for the West Brom Arsenal preview. So, on to the preview, people. Now, on Saturday... 8pm kickoff. we're going to the Hawthorns, Arsenal against West Brom, West Brom against Arsenal. It's going to be a very difficult game for us, I think, especially with the way West Brom have set up with Sam Allardyce, So I think gets a lot of disrespect, personally. Like people call him outdated, his tactics are boring, he's a dinosaur, this, that, the other, but I think you have to respect the man because they call him the survival specialist for a reason. He's never been relegated in his career. And it's because he finds ways to grind out results, not just against the teams they should be beating, but also the big teams. Like, we've already seen it this season. They got they went to Anfield and they held out. Yeah, they went a goal down, but they came back. They got the 1-1 draw. They managed to, to keep themselves in the game long enough to get an equaliser through Semi Ajayi with 10 minutes to go, former Haylender. So we have to be very, very careful going into this game, especially given the fact that they've come off their 5-0 defeat at home to Leeds. We have to be prepared for the inevitable reaction. They're going to lie down. They're going to look at Arsenal like we're a soft touch because we have shown in the past that we can be that. So in this game for us, before before I even get onto the tactics and anything like that, mentally, we need to be strong. We need to show mental fortitude. We need to be... Um, we need to be at it from minute one to minute to minute ninety. We can't let our standards drop. We can't be sloppy on the ball because West Brom do have players in the team that can exploit that. The likes of um, Mateus Pereira, Callum Robinson, uh, Grady Diangana, Carlin Grant. They've got decent attacking weapons in their arsenal. Excuse the pun, but. Yeah, man, we need to be very, very careful in this game. This could be a very frustrating game. And so for me, patience is the key. Patience is a virtue. We can't just try and force the issue and get frustrated like we've seen in the past. Like against the Burnley, we were starting to get frustrated. Against um, Wolves, we were starting to get frustrated in our play. Uh, who else? There was another game. Leicester, we weren't really able to pick the lock and we got done. 
by being naive, really and truly. So we need to be very careful in this game. Now, like I said, they come up the back of their 5 0 defeat at home, where um, Romain Sawyer scored the own goal in the 20th minute. And then Leeds went on to score another three goals in 10 minutes through Alioski, Harrison, and Rodrigo to be falling up at the break before Rafinha made it five with 20 minutes to go. So they can be gotten at. But uh, it does help if you get an early goal against them. Certainly that helped Aston Villa when they went there, helped Leeds, some other teams. Well, it didn't really help Liverpool because they got an early goal and they weren't able to get another one. But you get the point, people. If we can get an early goal, then it should relieve some of the pressure for us. It will force West Brom to come out at us a bit more. And we can use that to, to our advantage to find space that can be manipulated with the likes of Smith Rowe if he does start. So, just a few stats for you people. We're coming off the back of successive victories in the league for the first time since the opening two games of the season. And that was against West Ham and Fulham. So, what does that tell you? We've not been playing well this season. We haven't been able to string any sort of run of games together. Any, we haven't been able to generate any sort of positive momentum for ourselves, which isn't a good thing. West Brom were unbeaten in their last three meetings against Arsenal at the Hawthorns, winning two and drawing one. And that was actually our last meeting at the Hawthorns. Drawing 1-1, Alexis Sanchez scored a free kick with 10 minutes to go before... I can't remember who it was, but I know the equaliser from the penalties, but it was a very dodgy penalty. And the other two games, I think um, we lost 3-1. That was under Arsene Wenger. That was um, 16-17. Where... Um, Again, Sanchez scored. I think Craig Dawson scored twice from set pieces and can't remember who scored the other one. And then before that, Mikel Arteta, our own manager, he ended up scoring the winner against us. It was a pretty unlucky own goal and we lost to them 2-1 after taking the lead from Olivier Giroud. And our last win there at the Hawthorns was in November 2014 when Danny Welbeck's second half had a secured a 1-0 win and all three points for the Gunners. Sam Allardyce's last home defeat to Arsenal came whilst he was in charge of West Ham people. And that's a long time ago. That was in that was on Boxing Day 2014 when we when we beat them two when we beat West Ham 2-1 and Upton Park. Again, Danny Welbeck scored the winner in that game. So what does it tell you? At home, Sam Allardyce has a very decent record against us over the years. I'm not going to say he's had our number, but he certainly knows way to, ways to get under our skin and find joy against us. So that's why my man's been chatting hella crud in the media. Like he came out saying that we're their relegation rivals and all of this, retete, like just chatting bare shit. Because the man hates us really and truly. He really loves to be us. And he'd love nothing more than to get under our tech skin and schooling. I, I know that for sure. So on to the tactical notes. Now, West Brom tend to play better against the bigger size people. This season, they've had narrow defeats to both Manchester United and Spurs, losing 1-0 from Bruno Fernandes' penalty and also Harry Kane's very late winner in their meeting at the Hawthorns. And they've also picked up points against Liverpool, City and Chelsea. Now, they got 1-1 draws away at both the Etihad and Anfield. And they had the 3-3 draw very early on in the season with Chelsea when they were freeing up in the first half and let it slip in the second. So, yeah, they are leaking goals. And so, hopefully, this is a chance for us to get our goals up, get our goal difference up if we're really at it. Against Liverpool, they set up in a sort of 6-4-0 shape, more so in the first half, which was designed to keep them in the game and also maintain their very tight, compact-shaped leave as little space in between the defensive and midfield lines. And uh, that caused Liverpool a fair few issues. Like, it isolated their front three from each other. It, kept, it prevented them from get from getting the likes of Mane, uh, Firmino, uh, Salah into 1v1 situations with their full-backs. And so, to potentially counter that, I think we need to be brave. I think we need to move the ball quickly. And maybe we need to try and look for those early balls over the top which we saw similarly for Mane's goal in the first half against them. And also the things that we weren't doing against Brighton in the first half of our game on Tuesday, 
Like we had a couple of times where Bamiang, if Xhaka plays the pass first time, straight over the top through through Brighton's defence, breaking the lines, then a Bamiang's from on goal. If we see those opportunities in this game against West Brom, we have to take them because individually, man for man, West Brom's defence, well, West Brom's team is not that good and they are very error prone. They can make mistakes. So we need to force mistakes out of them. So we need to show invention, intention, creativity. We need all of that. So, yeah, I'm looking at Xhaka with his ability on the ball to maybe try and do that. Like I said earlier, and like I alluded to, patience is a virtue. They will try and frustrate us as much as possible. If they uh, if they lose the ball, they will immediately drop back into that 6-4-0 slash 4-5-1 shape, whichever one they try to they try to go with against us. I think that's most likely what they would do, especially given the fact they're coming off a 5-0 defeat and they'll be reeling. In the second half against Liverpool, they switched to... Like I said, the four-five-one. I mean, the five-four-one with uh, Carlin Grant being their out ball, and uh, they had um, Phillips, well, Matt Phillips and uh, Grady Dean Garner as their outlets on either wing. And uh, someone, someone that we need to pay attention to in particular is Grady Dean Garner. Now, I've written an underrated talents piece on him, so check that out. But one thing about Grady is that he's very direct. He likes to run at his fullback, whether he's on the left or the right. He likes to he likes to take a man on. And try and uh, try and go on the outside of his man. So Bellerin needs to be switched on if he does play on the left, or Tierney needs to be switched on if he's playing on uh, the right. So yeah, our fullbacks will have to be switched on for that. Like I said, we need to move the ball quickly because uh, we do have a, a very bad habit of our play being slow, lethargic, very one-dimensional, and when you do that, West Brom will grow in confidence. They'll push up. 10 or so yards and they'll try and press us more aggressively and if and if that happens we've seen what happens when the likes of Jacques and Ernani get caught cool our position we leave our we leave our centre backs isolated and because them because they themselves are not the most athletic um uh, not the most physically commanding of players with the pace and agility that West Brom have in their front line they could dump us seriously they can cause us serious problems if we're not careful and I think they've been fairly unlucky in the games they played against the big sides this season. So I think um I think we need to press high like we did against Chelsea. We were doing a very good job of maintaining the intensity in that game or well, certainly in the first 70 minutes I thought I think we dropped off in the last 20. So I want um well whoever plays well, I'll get into the lineup in a bit but whoever's playing there I want them to be pressing high again on their case. I want them in particular to be focusing uh, on trying to get trying to get in those half spaces and trying to exploit those areas because I don't like I said I don't think individually man for man I don't think West Brom have the best uh, individual quality in those areas. If we do concede set pieces, then we need to be very careful and switched on because we do have a significant height advantage compared to them. They've got the likes of Semi Ajayi, like I said, Carlin Grant's very tall. Uh, Jake Livermore, if he plays, is very tall. Uh, Ivanovic, if he plays, Lee Peltier is a tall one. Romain Soyuz has a bit of height to him. And yeah, we just need to be very careful because the goals they've scored against the big sides, I think they've, uh, I think they've scored a set piece in all of them. I think uh, their goal against Man City originally came, well, not directly from a set piece, indirectly from a set piece. The goal at Anfield was from a corner. One of their goals against um, Chelsea, well, they scored two set-piece goals, scored a penalty, but also their third goal came from a set-piece, Paul Markey from a set-piece by Chelsea. And we've seen recently, we have been good at defending set-pieces early this season, but in more recent weeks, we've seen that um, solidity start to deteriorate, deteriorate a little bit, so we need to be careful of that. An obvious thing, this is just a general thing, technical security on the ball. I don't think it was at a very high level against Brighton, particularly in the first half. That needs to be A1 because with the likes of um, Phillips, Gallagher, Sawyers, Livermore, if he's back from suspension, they do have energy and they will get us. They're a very dogged team. They will press us. So be careful of that. They will be looking to hunt down any of Xhaka down. So be careful of that. I'm not sure if uh, Mateus Pereira is back from injury or back from suspension, whatever it was. I think he was on the bench against um, Leeds. Yeah, he was on the bench and he came on, so we need to be careful of that. 
So I don't know if uh, Big Sam will start Pereira, given he hasn't really had many starts recently. And the final tactical thing from me before I get on to maybe potential 11. Well, I'll do a potent, my potential 11 and I'll also do the most slightly 11, which I think we might see to, in order to counter their um, tactical threats. And uh, yeah, finally for me, I said that um, is it a game where we might need to play more of the experience guys? I'm not sure. Obviously, we've seen what the energy, the youthful energy has done for us. But in a game like this where we're not going to be afforded an, a lot of time and space on the ball. Is it really a game for the likes of Martinelli's, the, the, the Emil Smith-Rose? I'm not too sure. So with that in mind, I'm going to get straight into my potential 11. And um, it's sort of a it's sort of akin to the 3-4-3, 4-4-2 hybrid that we that we've been seeing earlier on in the season, which is ironic for me considering how I said that I want to see a clear system which uh, doesn't complicate roles. But I think in this sort of game, I wouldn't be too surprised if we went back to it because for me, given the threats that West Brom have in the team, I think uh, I think it could protect us. I think it's more a protective measure for us. So I'm going to go in goal. Obviously, Ben Leno are number one. He picks himself. In the defence, I'm going to go with Rob Holding. Uh, Pablo Mari slash David Luiz if uh, him and Arteta are in serious beef because uh, Luiz has the ability to break the lines, play those passes over the top, which I think will be very useful for us. But if not, I'll go with Pablo Mari. Also making up the defence is Kieran Tierney. So we're going with the three, holding, Rob Holding, Pablo Mari and Kieran Tierney. Wingbacks, I'm going to go with Hector Bellerin. And uh, Bakayo Saka, and I'll explain that more while I've gone for Bellerin and not Maitland Nows. In midfield, I'm going to go with Elneny and Jaka. I was considering uh, Danny Ceballos, but he's just as sloppy on the ball as Renat Jaka is, so I'll, I'll leave that out. And the front three, I'm going to go with um, uh, Nicola Pepe, who I haven't been too impressed with really and truly all season, but again, much like Bellerin Stone, I'll explain why I've gone for Pepe. Aubameyang through the middle. Now, I was considering Lacazette. Oh, wait, no. I know. I changed it. I changed it. My bad. I changed it. I changed it. I don't know why I have Martinelli in here. My bad. My bad. So, remember Nicola Pepe in the in the 11. Through the, through the middle, we'll go with Alex Lacazette, who's been playing all right recently and I think deserves a start based on current form. On the left... Bit of a controversial one. Well, it should really be, but given how poorly he played against Brighton, I suppose it is controversial for me starting. But that's our captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And so the reason I've gone for this 11 is because, um, well, I think obviously we know that we're very left-hand centric. And West Brom are going to clock onto that, but in a way that can work to our advantage because of the individual quality that they have in their team. Now, right now, they are playing Lee Peltier as their left back. He's not the best, and he can definitely be exploited. So, with this 3-4-3 three, three shape, the whole point is to kind of, like, box them in to that side and basically focus on building our play down the left because I don't think West Brom will be able to really deal with it, even though they'll have Phillips there. I think having Aubameyang, Saka, and Tini all down that side will allow us to outnumber them. And uh, it will it will also allow us to um, it will also allow us to have a bit more of an asymmetric shape, which will allow Pepe to tuck in a bit more, get himself closer to goal. He can operate more in those half spaces between O'Shea and uh, most likely Peltier because um, Gibbs is still injured. Bellerin Bellerin can tuck in if he needs to, but he can also push up high to occupy Diangana, who I don't think. As good as he is going forwards, I don't think he's the most switched on defensively. So maybe in that regards, we might see a bit of a mix between the zonal and man-to-man marking pressing style. So Bellerin will most likely occupy him. Lacazette can drop deep and get in between Sawyers, try and uh, nick the ball off him. Uh, like I said, Pepe won him in the half space at Bamiang. Again, sort of in the half space, but also getting a close to occupying the lack the the lack of that position when he's out of there, getting through the middle, making those runs, getting on the end of crosses. 
So I suppose he's kind of playing as an inside forward. Him and Pepe will be playing as inside forwards. Saka, I want him um, back on the left. I was I'm impressed with him on the right, but in this game, I don't think it's the game. I don't think it's necessarily a game to have him there. I want him on his preferred side, on his preferred left foot. So I'm going to have him there as a wing back alongside Kieran Tierney. And then he's Japan now. This is probably the most contentious, contentious part of my 11. And this is where everything will, will succeed or fail. Because if they're not moving the ball quickly, then we won't be able to have any joy at all. If they're not moving the ball, if they're not being brave with it, then we're fucked, really and truly. We won't be able to break them down. So they need to be careful. Bellerin, like I said, tucking in when when needs be, but also getting wide and supporting Pepe. Holding Marie and Tierney is similar to Brighton. Just uh, do your thing. Be switched on defensively. I doubt that um, Pereira will start, so it's unlikely Tierney will have a lot of defending really and truly to do in the game, but um, I trust him to deal with that. I would preferably have David Luiz in the team because he has the ability to play those balls straight up to Aubameyang and Lacazette, but um, yeah, build-up might be a bit slow in this game, So, which is why I've decided to go with the 3-4-3 because ultimately... One, it gives us more goal threats. So, in the forms of Pepe and Aubameyang, I think are more bona fide goal threats as opposed to the likes of having Saka and Martinelli on either wing. Getting them closer to getting our goal threats closer to the opposition box as possible. Uh, like I said, better in the Saka saying hi to occupy Phillips and Diangana. We should start, but I doubt it. And that's why I think the most likely eleven for us will be. Lano in goal, Bellerin, Holding, Marie and Tierney as a four. Yarnani and Jack in the pivot. Saka, Smithrow, Aubameyang on the left and Lacazette through the middle. I think that's the most likely 11. But like I said, I don't necessarily think Saka should be playing on the right in this game. I don't think this is necessarily a game for that. I think we need to switch up a little bit. But yeah, that's the West Brom against Arsenal preview. So... Yeah, I'm now going to get into my story time, so I'll be back for you lovely people. All right, so on to story time. And yeah, people, I haven't really got anything too major lined up, so, well, just yet, because I don't know what you guys want to hear from me with this sort of thing, whether you want to hear my Emirates experiences, my general football going experiences but yeah man so i'm just going to talk about the players that i like in our current squad so the players i actually care about in this team i like tierney i like his mentality i like his dynamism i think he's a very good cross of the ball and he just screams to me he just screams to me future captain material and I like that from him. I think uh, that he can definitely play a part in this team for years to come. So, yeah, I like him. Proper Scottish brother. So, um, yeah, next one, Gabby Martinelli, who we signed last summer. I like him too. And he's just, um, again, similar to Tini. I like his mentality. I like his instincts. He puts himself about, obviously, that's not the main thing I'm looking for, but he has that drive, determination. He seems like a very humble boy. He seems like he has a lot of humility and all of that. He's a family boy. I know he brought his family to London to live with him. He lives with his parents at home. And yeah, man, I think he has a lot of quality. I think I still think we need to decide whether he's a, a nine or a winger long term. But we've got time to figure that out. I think he'll make that decision eventually as he progresses. I like Saka, Bakayo Saka, Bakayo Starboy, as I'm going to start calling him. He's amazing, fam. He's really amazing. He surprised me because I didn't think he was so adaptable. Obviously, I knew he was versatile from the academy days, but I didn't think he could play those positions to such a high level. Like, he's played left wing. He's a quality there. He looks quality on the right wing. He, looks, he looked quality when he was playing left back, wing back. He's made his England debut. He scored goals. He gets assists. He got like, I think he's got like 13 assists since coming since coming into the team last season, which is incredible. The only English youngster to have more in that team in the in that team in that same time frame, apologies people, is Jaden Sancho, which is really good. So he's a quality guy. 
Obviously, Aubameyang is going through a bad run of form, but Aubameyang, my captain, my shooter. Like, where would we be without this man? Where would we have finished without this man? Would we have won the FA Cup without him last season? No, and people need to remember that. The way people are getting onto Aubameyang right now is absolutely sickening, and I think he deserves spoke because he's been absolutely shocking recently. He was shit. He really was shit against Brighton, and he missed some guilty, guilt-edged chances, I should say. But yeah, man, we need to stay behind our captain. I know he doesn't scream. He doesn't. He's not the sort of leader that's gonna shout, do up Jack the lad and all of that. But um, yeah, he's a, he's a great player. He's a world class player. Certainly the best striker we've had since Cherry Henry at this club. So we need to be appreciative of that. Other players I like in this team, obviously Partey has just come. I haven't really seen too much of him, but he certainly looks like a frightening prospect in the middle. Gabriel, I think his performances have slightly waned, but he's a physical specimen. He looks very commanding. He's comfortable playing the ball out the back. I think it could improve, and I think he could uh, work on his passing while he's long passing a bit more. But certainly I like his mentality as well. He's someone that always goes down fighting. Like, I know he's on his team. Like, even if the team aren't playing well, he'll try a team. And I like that about him. What else do I like in this team? Leno, because um, because we share the same birthday, 4th of March, for those of you that want to know. I don't even know why I'm just baiting myself out like that. But, yeah, we share the same birthday, so that's why I like him. I'm trying to think who else do I like in this team. Obviously, Saliba, young lad. Haven't really seen a lot of him, but he looks quality from what I've seen. Some more of the Halen lads. I like uh, Miguel Aziz. I really like him. I really like Katlin Zeyan, who I've mentioned before. I like Kiddo Taylor Hart, who's also been quality for the 23s. Ben Cottrell looks like a good prospect in there. What other youngsters do I like? I like I like that Muller lad. I like him. He looks a bit he looks decent, but he still looks a bit raw for me. Um, Balogun looks quality whether he'll still be an Arsenal player next season is anyone's guess really and truly Um, yeah that's it people this is a very short story time for me I don't really got too much to say at this point I feel like I've talked long enough I feel like you've heard my voice for long enough so yeah that's going to be it for me people first episode is done done and dusted I can check that off now Um, yeah if you've enjoyed it like, share, retweet, all of that, all of that, like I said at the beginning. And yeah, I'll be back next week for episode two where I review the West Brom game and I look ahead to our FA Cup tie at home to Newcastle. So yeah, these will be out every Friday, ideally, apart from if we have a game or such and such. So yeah, these are going to be when these come out. So yeah. That's all from me, people. I'm out. Peace. Make a boy lay down on my celly, leave you on the deck like Mike Pantelli. TJ on the block, Spinelli, Jen out the pot, yeah, make a spaghetti. Little man on the wing, Martinelli, he was in the field trying to pop his cherry. Rock that steady, sound of the box on your marks, get ready. Southeast steps south west, and now we like steps south east. With Phineas, not Belgique, but with a mop discreet. Free TG, free T's, stuck in the box, got the job complete.